the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Law School. The following program is sponsored by Reaching Hearts Ministries. Welcome to Reaching Your Heart. Pastor Michael Oxenteco's message today is entitled Christ and the Antichrist. Remember, our telephone number is 877-788-5371. 877-788-5371. Feel free to call that telephone number at any time. If you would, stay with me for just a few seconds after the program ends today. I have some other very important information I'd like to pass along to you. Don't forget our phone number. It's 877-788-5371. 877-788-5371. Here now is our pastor teacher, Michael Oxentenko. Dear Heavenly Father, where would we be? without the cross of Christ and the intercessory ministry of Jesus who has created a path of purpose and meaning that will get us from here to glory. Oh, Father, may we not sell it for anything the world has to offer. May we not choose Antichrist over Christ, but be found in Him on the Sea of Glass and on Mount Zion in those holy days ahead. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. As Christians, we advance in life subject to the discipline of learning to walk in the steps of someone who cared enough to carve out a path for our feet. I mean, Christ doesn't ask you to go in a path that he himself has not gone before. When I was a young boy, I remember walking up a big hill at my uncle's house in Elk Creek, Virginia. The hill was high, the grass was tall, the slope of the hill was pitted with holes excavated by groundhogs. You ever had groundhogs on a farm? If you step into one of those holes, you can break your leg. And on occasion, it was common for an animal to step right in one of those holes and break its leg, and then you had to shoot it and put it down. In time, I avoided the holes altogether by learning to scale the heights by simply following the cow tracks. There's a wisdom in the cow tracks that wind around a hill that leads to the top of the mountain. It's not the course that's the most difficult. It's the course that preserves your energy and leads you on the way. In fact, David says, the Lord leads me in the cow tracks of his righteousness for his name's sake. So in time, I avoided the hard holes of the groundhogs for these wise cow tracks. And I discovered that my energy was not wasted or exhausted when I took that natural incline that led gradually but surely toward the top of the hill. Friend, as Christians, we advance in life subject to the discipline of learning to walk in the steps of Jesus. I mean, this notion that the Christian life is a path in which we walk in our own path or our own steps is a failed assumption. We walk in Jesus' path, we follow the cow tracks, or better yet, the lamb tracks of the Son of God all the way up Mount Zion. He leads the way. And frankly, I don't want to be found in the last days following some charismatic leader. I don't want to be found following some organization, if it's not right with the Lord, I want to follow Jesus all the way up Mount Zion. And how many of you are with me on that? Okay, very good. Revelation 14.1, then I looked and lo, on Mount Zion stood the Lamb. 
and with him 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. That's where I want to stand at the end of time. Now, the 144,000 in the book of Revelation very clearly here follow the Lamb wherever he goes. They have their father's name and his name written on their foreheads. What does that mean? It means they belong to God. It means they belong to Jesus Christ. It means what God is and who Jesus is is somehow written on their foreheads. You can't get more profound than this simple statement of fact. They aren't concerned with going their own way. They have rejected the idea that their personal path really matters in life. They have given in to the notion that what really matters is following Jesus' path and following him into the presence of God. And those who will stand on Mount Zion want Jesus to be the leader of their life. They don't want to follow a person. They want to follow the Lord Jesus. And they have surrendered their feet to the direction of Jesus' feet because he is the shepherd and the lamb that leads them into the presence of God. They stand on Mount Zion at the end because they have allowed Christ to be the GPS navigator of their lives. The signal that comes from the Holy Spirit that is Christ speaking through the word of God to them, they have followed that voice to the right place at the end of time. The book of Revelation teaches us that the leader you follow in life really matters. I mean, some people think it doesn't matter what church you go to. That They think it doesn't matter who you follow. Friends, it really does matter. If you end up following the wrong leader, the wrong spiritual system at the end of time, you will in fact be lost. But if you follow Jesus Christ, who is the ultimate spiritual leader, if you listen to his word and you allow it to be integrated in your life, you will be saved. The book of Revelation teaches that it really matters. At the very end, the whole world's basically going to be divided into two camps. Those who follow Jesus Christ, who is the Christ, and those who follow Antichrist, who is not the Christ. Now, this made national news. A man in his early 20s was picking up some people to go skating when he blindly followed his GPS unit to the wrong house. He wasn't paying attention to the unit. He was just so assured that it was the right thing. He went to the door of the wrong house to pick up the skaters. He knocked on the door for his friends to come to the door. When the door opened, an angry man he did not know at a house he should have recognized was not the right house, came out to the door and shot him dead right there at the door. That man died because he followed his GPS blindly to the wrong door. Have you ever had one of those GPS units in your car and you kind of listen to it and it says, turn right, and if you do, you hit a pole? You can't always go by those things. Some of them are better than others. I don't want to pick on a certain brand, but I had a brand that was just awful. I would have that GPS unit, and I'd be following along, and it would tell me to turn left, and I'd hit a curb. And finally I said, just ignore this thing. And my wife said, honey, I don't like him anyway. She likes being in my GPS unit when I'm in the car. And so I kind of go where she goes. But now I have a very good GPS unit now, and Gertrude serves me well. And at times my wife and Gertrude have a difficulty. You have to set Gertrude aside to make Diana happy. My wife has this innate directional sense. But if you follow the wrong path, You follow the wrong leader, you can end up in the wrong house. There are people today who are listening to the wrong GPS signal and they are following the wrong leader to the door of perdition. It's just a fact. They too are identified in the book of Revelation, but they will not stand on Mount Zion with the Lamb because they will not follow the Lamb on His own terms. Revelation 13.1 And I saw a beast rising out of the sea with ten horns and seven heads, with ten diadems upon its horns, and a blasphemous name upon its heads. 
the beast from the sea does not have the name of the Lamb, who is Christ, and the name of the Father on his forehead. That means the beast from the sea does not belong to God. It does not belong to Jesus Christ. In fact, the name blasphemy would indicate that it has hijacked the name of God or the Son of God. It is playing the wrong role in the history of the world. The beast does not have the seal of God on his forehead. He has a blasphemous name on his forehead instead. In fact, as we look at the context in Revelation 13, it will be clear that this beast is Antichrist. He is not Christ. He is, in fact, Antichrist. In Revelation 14.4, the Bible says, The true worshipers of God will follow the Lamb wherever he goes. Look at verse 4. It is these who have not defiled themselves with women, for they are chaste. It is these who follow the Lamb wherever He goes. These have been redeemed from mankind as first fruits for God and the Lamb. It's very clear here that those who follow Christ, they follow the Lamb wherever He goes. In the end, they follow Him right up into the presence of God. Now, this verse is set in direct contrast to Revelation 13, verse 3, that describes the beast from the sea. And notice the contrast here. One of its heads seemed to have a mortal wound, but its mortal wound was healed, and the whole earth did what? What does the text say? It followed the beast with wonder. I mean, so we have here in Revelation 13 14, we have two leaders. We have two religious systems. The beast, which is Antichrist, the whole world follows the beast. And we have the Lamb of God, and only a remnant that is faithful to his word follows the Lamb up Mount Zion. And so we have a choice to make. Which system will lead out in our lives? Which system will you choose in your life? Now, friend, I am confident today that if you choose Jesus, you are going to make it all the way up that mountain. God is not going to allow you to be crushed. He's not going to allow your spirit to be stamped out within you. He is plenty capable to finish the work he started in you. And when you look at the evidence, the Lamb of Revelation 14.1, it represents Jesus Christ and the beast from the sea. And Revelation 13.1 represents the Antichrist. In Revelation 13.5, the beast from the sea has a 42-month Antichrist ministry, which is a three-and-a-half prophetic year period of time. Jesus had a a three-and-a-half-year literal ministry. So the beast is the opposite of Jesus. Christ built the church during his three-and-a-half-year ministry. The beast from the sea tears it down during his counterpart three-and-a-half-year prophetic ministry. And and in that three-and-a-half prophetic years, which is 42 months, we have learned before that it represents 1,260 days which are 1,260 literal years. It represents the massive period of oppression in the Middle Ages during that church-state system union when the church itself, corrupted by its relationship to the state, became antichrist and tore down the apostolic Christian truths and the church that Jesus had established. The beast from the sea lives, and then he receives a deadly wound. But then he comes to life in Revelation 13. Think about it. Christ lived. Then he received a deadly wound at the cross, and he came to life in the resurrection on Sunday. Jesus' deadly wound was healed on Sunday, and the beast's deadly wound will be healed in a similar way. Why? Because he is the Antichrist. He replicates the life, the death, the deadly wound of Christ, and then the resurrection of Jesus Christ on Sunday in his journey toward perdition. In the Bible, the beast is not a person. The beast is a world kingdom system that takes the place of Jesus Christ in history and in your life. Now, Hollywood would have you believe that the beast is an antichrist personality 
born of the devil, a single mastermind that will gain control of the United Nations or something like that. Well, I can tell you confidently that you should not be following the prophetic scheme laid out by Hollywood. Am I right? You should not be going to the theater to figure out what end time events will be. If you read the Bible, it's very clear in Daniel 7. He says that fourth beast is a fourth great world kingdom that will be upon the earth. And that fourth beast has ten horns. Well, this beast has ten horns. It represents the world kingdom system that is antichrist that tries to drag you down and call you to surrender to its authority instead of surrendering to the authority of Jesus. During the Middle Ages, it was the church-state system of the Middle Ages that was the historical Antichrist that decimated the Christian faith with paganism and tradition and persecution. At the time of the end, there are two choices. You'll either follow the Lamb up Mount Zion into the presence of God or you'll follow the beast of destruction. There are no other options in Revelation 13 and 14. The world kingdom system of the Middle Ages came down in the French Revolution. In fact, we haven't had a world order since. When the French Revolution hit Europe, the Holy Roman Empire, which was the last vestiges of what we call the Roman Empire, held Europe together in a world order of sorts. It collapsed in the French Revolution. We have not had one since. We've had the rise of nationalism in Europe in 1848. We've had World War I, World War II, the War on Terror. And it looks like people are looking for a center, some way to bring Europe together, the world together, because of the chaos of terrorism and other forces. So right here in Revelation 13, 14, it's clear that it really does matter who you follow in life. How many of you have noticed that the state is getting pretty oppressive? I'm not a Democrat or Republican, but I notice that both parties have no problem with more control on your life. Am I right or wrong? Okay, so this is not a Democrat or Republican issue. And Europe is the same way. There are forces right now in Europe that are trying to bring together a day of rest, which becomes part of an economic union, to somehow hold Europe together so it becomes a coalescence of civilization again. And then you have the terrorism thing kind of pushing the buttons, forcing people to think, how can we unify, how can we stabilize the European order? The choice for the last days is a clear choice if you read your Bible. Christ or Antichrist in your life? The one who made the world or the world itself in your heart? I mean, the ruler of the world or letting the world rule you? The whole world will one day make the choice in the mark of the beast test that will define the two sides forever. And I believe the choices we make today kind of lead to that direction. I mean, ask yourself, how strong is the pull of Hollywood on your life? How strong are those novels that aren't really Christian, but they make you feel like someone loves you and they have corrupted your walk with God. How strong is that in your life? And what about this entertainment industry? You sit in front of a television and you watch someone else kind of putting down their parents and laughing at it. Or you watch someone killing someone else and you kind of put yourself in the role of someone who can take down a terrorist. And you live out things which are a violation of God's law for entertainment. Friends, we are making decisions today that will lead to the time when that decision is made. It will be the natural outcome of the choices you make as the river of your life flows toward the end. I would encourage you and challenge you that to make Jesus central in your life, not to play around with the cultural things that would strip you from Him, 
but to draw a line in the sand and say, I go no further. I stand on this side of it, and I will not cross that line because I stand with Jesus, and I want to stand on Mount Zion. The whole world will one day make the choice in the mark of the beast test that will define the two sides forever. And you will make a choice on that very day. In the end, most people in the world will follow the resurrected beast from the sea. The 144,000, Revelation 14.1, will follow the Lamb. Now in the context, they are the remnant that stands on Mount Zion. The remnant is introduced in Revelation 12.17. The dragon was angry with the remnant, went off to make war on it. At the very end of time, went from the old world to the new world to take out that church that arose in the great Advent awakening in the middle of the 1800s. Now, the word Zion occurs about 155 times in the Old Testament. It only occurs 19 times in the specific form, Mount Zion. At least nine of the 19 allude to a remnant that is saved because it calls on God's name, his rule, or both. For example, look at Joel 2.32. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord, what does it say next in your Bible? What does it say? Shall be saved. Have you ever thought, well, you know, I don't know if I can make it. You ever felt like Christ died for others, but maybe not for you? You hear me? Okay, you're silent. You have felt that way, right? Some of you have. Well, here's the bottom line. You call on the name of Christ every day of your life. You get up, you fall on your knees, you ask Jesus to be Lord for you. And you know you've got growing to do, but you don't let go of him. Like Peter, you say, Lord, depart from me. I'm a sinful man, but you hang on to his feet, okay? You do that. The Bible is very clear. You call on the name of the Lord. You will be saved. This is not a qualified statement. You do that. You'll be saved. When you call on his name, you're asking for God to save you, and you're asking for him to work in your life to make you obedient in life. And if you're relying on him, the focus is off of you. It's on him, and you will be saved. Now, don't play games with him. Don't do something in the back room that gets in the way, but let him lead you all the way. For in Mount Zion, it says, and in Jerusalem, will be deliverance, as the Lord has said, among the remnant whom the Lord calls. In the context, the 144,000 are standing on Mount Zion because they have fled to the holy mountain of Zion for final deliverance. It is a place of refuge. It is a place to escape the final onslaught of the mark of the beast. They are the remnant described in Revelation 12, 17 that emerged from the persecuted church of the Middle Ages at the end of the 1260 years of medieval persecution. Revelation 12, 17, the dragon was wroth, that means angry with the woman, went off to make war the remnant of her seed which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Joel says, in Mount Zion, the remnant will be saved. In Revelation 14, 1, the 144,000 are standing on Mount Zion with the Lamb. Now, where do you want to stand in life? Do you want to stand with somebody else or do you want to stand with the Lamb in the presence of God? That's where they stand. That means the 144,000 is the remnant that is saved from the danger of the mark of the beast. You connect Joel 2, Revelation 12, Revelation 14, it comes together. They represent God's faithful remnant who call on the name of the Lord. Revelation 14, 3 says they have been redeemed from the earth. Revelation 14.4 says that they have been redeemed from mankind. So they aren't just one ethnic group. 
They aren't just the nation of Israel. They include all peoples on the face of the earth as God's spiritual Israel that are committed and connected to Jesus Christ because they follow the Lamb. The 144,000 are made up of people, real people, from every part of the planet, from here and there and everywhere, rich and poor, whoever feels the need and knows that they must rely on Christ, they will be a part of that group. This is sanctuary imagery of the purest kind. I like it here. They are standing on Mount Zion in Revelation 14.1 before the throne of God. Now in Revelation 11.19, the throne is identified as the Ark of the Covenant that is in heaven. So God's throne, God's law, one truth. They're standing before that holy law. They're standing before the standard of righteousness with God the Father seated or standing on it, depending on the context. And at the end of time, the 104,000 have fled into the sanctuary to be saved. They have gone right into the most holy place, and they are hiding under the wings of the Ark of the Covenant. Psalms 91, verse 1, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, who abides in the shadow of the Almighty, will say to the Lord, My refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. I like this next phrase. For He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler. And from the deadly pestilence. You ever tried to save yourself? It says, for he will do this. Look at verse 4. You ever felt naked in the presence of God? For he will cover you with his pinions. And under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. I mean, if you're in trouble, he can get you out of trouble. If you feel naked in the presence of a holy God, he can clothe you with righteousness so you can stand. The Bible says they sing a new song before the throne. A new song is found six times in Psalms and one time in Isaiah, and every time it describes the victory of God's people in war. It describes salvation that comes when you can't hide from the enemy and you can't win on your own, and only God can save you. Psalms 98.1, O sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have gotten him victory. Revelation 14.3 says they sing a new song. In the same verse, it says they have been redeemed from the earth. Friend, the only song that sticks and holds in life is the song of God's victory in your life. You ever heard someone sing a tune? Well, you know, I've been doing this and I've been doing that. And they talk about I, I, I in their testimony about Christianity. You know, I don't want to hear a testimony where someone talks about themselves all the time. Do you? I want to hear a testimony that talk about what Christ has done for them in spite of them. I like to hear a testament when someone talks about the sins they struggle with, the real challenges of life, the faults of character deep inside, and how the matchless beauty of Jesus meets the need. That's the kind of testimony that speaks to me, and that's the kind of song they sing. It is the song that God saved you through Jesus when you can't save yourself. It's the song that is all about the one who saves and not about you so much, except maybe as an object of God's grace, you're important. In Revelation 14, 4 and 5, there are four lamb tracks provided for those who follow Jesus up the mountain. Four clear-cut paths that will lead to Mount Zion. And when you follow Christ over Antichrist, these four lamb tracks are certain routes that will lead to the Lord. Lamb track number one is purity in the pursuit of God. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart. Purity in the pursuit of God. Look at Revelation 14, verse 4. These are the ones who were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. A purity here is not something you are in of yourself. And it doesn't mean here you can't get married. Don't misunderstand the text. A woman in the book of Revelation represents a false church system that relies on tradition, 
that relies on feeling, that does not rely on the truth of God's word. And as Christians, we are to have absolutely nothing to do with a system that does not base its belief on the Bible and follow the truths of Jesus in it. And so purity here is defined as a commitment to the Bible, a commitment to God's truth in your life. It is not something you have in yourself. It is something you receive as a gift from Jesus. It is something you receive as you learn from the Scriptures what is truth. Now, Jesus uses the metaphor of ten virgins in Matthew 25 to describe people who seek the oil of the Holy Spirit in their lives. And Paul uses this metaphor to describe a pure and uncompromised devotion to Jesus Christ. Take your Bibles, turn to 2 Corinthians 11, look at verses 2 to 3. Paul says, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, that I might present you to him as a pure virgin to him. But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Now, what does it mean here? When you are a virgin, spiritually speaking, it means you have a pure and sincere devotion to Jesus Christ. It means you aren't doing it so others will look at you and think that you're a good Christian. It means you're doing it because you love Jesus and you want to live for his glory. You know the difference? Thanks for listening today. There you have it, today's broadcast entitled Christ and the Antichrist. Now, we were not able to bring you the entire broadcast today. We'll complete this message tomorrow, and we hope that you'll join us. Don't forget our phone number if you have any questions about this broadcast or this ministry. It's 877-788-5371. 877-788-5371. If this broadcast has ministered to you, would you consider a financial contribution? The address here is Reaching Hearts International, 15300 Spencerville Court Suite, 201 Burtonsville, Maryland, 20866. Once again, Reaching Hearts International, 15300 Spencerville Court, Suite 201, Burtonsville, Maryland, 20866. And if you're in the Washington, D.C. area, please stop by the worship service. You can find directions online at reachingyourheart.com or feel free to call us at any time. Once again, that telephone number, 877-788-5371, 877-788-5371. And don't forget you can listen to any of these messages again in their entirety under the broadcast schedule there on the main page of reachingyourheart.com. Thanks for listening. And as always, we want you to know that we pray that God is reaching your heart. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.